0: We're all ready for Alabama to announce some coordinator changes. Let's talk about what would be the best options for the Crimson Tide.
1: Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein. That's him, Jimmy. Let's talk about this coordinator situation going on at the University of Alabama. Look, Alabama has certainly lost Pete Golding uh, to Ole Miss. You can claim they lost him. You can claim they uh, may have found a better option. You can claim it whatever you want to, but he's gone. So now Alabama is looking for a defensive coordinator, of course, and – it's, you know, I'm going to tell you something. I'm, I'm on team Jeremy Pruitt. Maybe some other people aren't. Maybe some other people are uh, put off by all the McDonald's sack stuff, whatever. But I'm not, I can't remember what, if we've talked about it on this program or not. Because I've been on a few programs talking about this. But if we have no problem hiring Bruce Pearl with the show calls, if we have no problem hiring Bobby Petrino with all the, the backstory with that cat, if we have no problem hiring Hugh Freeze, Shoot, if we have no problem hiring Brian Kelly, who, you know, was at least the head coach when uh, somebody was in a tower and had a tragic accident, uh, and people, it's probably a loose tie in here. That's I have no problem saying that. But the SEC has had no problems hiring dudes with some checkered pass, and now more so than ever. Why can't we hire Jeremy Brewitt?
1: Well, I mean, I mean, the answer is because all of those things happened in in the past. I mean, mean, you know, I mean, the the, Hugh Freeze wasn't given a show cause. I mean, I mean, and I think people confuse NCA rules with moral and ethical stuff that have nothing to do with NCA rules. And, And it's so apples and oranges. I don't like making the comparisons. But regardless of all that stuff, I am with you. I. If, if we could hire anyone and the NCA thing wasn't an issue, it, it's Jeremy Pruitt to me. To me, it's not even close. To me, it's just a slam dunk. And my personal opinion is if it wasn't for the NCA stuff, we would have already hired Jeremy Pruitt. I think Alabama would have hired Jeremy Pruitt right after he got fired from Tennessee and he'd have been here for two years, frankly. Uh, I think Jeremy Pruitt should be the hire unless we have advice counsel and an issue from the NCA and from the SEC office that says, if you hire Jeremy Pruitt, you have landed yourself on probation. And that is something that is possible from the rules, by the way, I mean, not that, that that's why this is different than all those other situations is if you hire him and then there's a show cause that, that's put in place, Al- Alabama can inherit the sanctions. So, that's why you have to ask all these questions up front. but no, to me the answer is Jeremy Jeremy Pruitt should be the first choice. He should be the first to thoroughly vet all that all the ramifications of hiring Pruitt. And once you've made those ram, once you know what the ramifications are, then you make the decision. And in fact I'm not reporting anything this is just, what I feel is, is likely happening. Why is this taking so long? Well, I think it's going to take quite a while to thoroughly vet the Pruitt situation. Um, so that's, uh, that's how I feel. That's who I would hire. But, but I, I do agree if possible. If not Jeremy Pruitt, then Glenn Schumann at Georgia would be ideal. Uh, look, Saban is going to hire someone that knows Saban's defense. It's unique, it's his own defense. It's his toy. He's the best there's ever been, in large part because of his defense. He's the best there's ever been. Of course, with whatever Coach Saban thinks is best in terms of who can run his defense, I know there's a lot of talk about Jim Leonard or Jimmy Lake, and great, great defensive coordinators, great dudes, great, really good at their jobs, but they've never run – Nick Saban's defense, the 3-4 over-under, the zone match stuff that we do. It's all unique. And uh, so I think it's got to be somebody to some extent with Saban ties. That's why Pruitt and Schumann, they're ideal. I I hope we make it work with – or both, frankly.
0: Yeah, that is something I think you've sort of casually mentioned on this podcast before that wouldn't it be something – if Schumann were to come be the defensive coordinator and Jerry reprote were to come in some analyst position, uh, probably taking some heat off of him and Alabama until all this NCAA stuff blows over. But I'm going to say again, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not advocating for just throwing all caution and all rules into the wind. Right. Um, But, you know, at this point, I, yeah. You don't even know what the rules are anymore. Nobody really knows. Wade I mean, LSU still hadn't been punished for Will Wade, right? I mean, right. That's right. There's a lot of stuff out there that's just out there, and who God knows if it's ever going to be tied up or, right. or have a bow put on it. I should say. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. Okay, but let's let me ask you this. You you mentioned Lake, who, frankly, I find to be a very intriguing option. He was uh, known as a as a Incredible defensive mind with his time at Washington. Um, But if it's not Lake, if it's not Pruitt, if it's not Schumann, who's at Georgia? um, Is is it Jim Leonard? Mm -hmm. I would I would be happy with him. But does he have any Southern ties? And and I know some people are like, well, NATO's didn't have any Southern ties, right? Yeah, I think it's more rare that you work out in the South when you have no Southern ties than the opposite.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure it would be a great fit at all. Uh, and, again, he's never coached in Saban's uh, defense, so I have reservations about it. He is outstanding. Uh, he says – Jim Leonard has said before in interviews that Nick Saban had offered him a job or reached out to him a couple of years ago, and that was when there was a lot of talk that Pete Golding might be going to Texas with Sark, and then, then that didn't happen. Uh, during that period of time, apparently, uh, Nick Saban contacted Jim Leonard – and I think that's where a lot of this stuff comes from now. Uh, but behind the scenes, as, as far as I've been able to determine, Luke, as far as I've been able to determine at this point, uh, I haven't sensed or found any momentum in the Leonard to Alabama uh, camp. So I, I just don't really believe that that's something that's uh, that's happening. Uh, but he is uh, outstanding.
0: All right, Jimmy. I want to tell everybody about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is where you want to go to get that bet in. Look, big Alabama-Missouri game coming up this weekend. You want to have your account ready? Just go to BetOnline, sign up. It does takes like a minute, literally a minute to sign up. It's so simple. It's easy to pay and even easier to get paid with betonline.net. You will love this website. All the odds, news, and scores you could possibly want are right there for you at your fingertips with betonline.net. And guess what? You can also play poker. I just got an email from another the day. They said, hey, um, here's a draw a card, like a virtual card, uh, and see how much free money you get so you can play poker. And I did it. it, gave me 20 bucks. 20 bucks isn't a lot. And you can't necessarily just withdraw that. You It's play money. I mean, it's money you have to play with, but you can play poker with it now. And so I mean, it's just free. I mean, just go to betonline.net. They take care of their customers. I'm telling you, you'll love it. Betonline.net is where the game starts. I also want to tell everybody to check out Locked On College Basketball. I mean, you guys, I'm telling you, this, this, uh, this podcast is becoming a favorite of mine. I really do like these guys. And they have been talking about Alabama a lot recently. So go check out Locked On College Basketball. It's a ton of fun. You will really enjoy it. Um, Jimmy, you you had an article on On3, and I'm just going to let you – this is going to be a Jimmy Stein segment. I want nice. you to talk about it, talk about some of the guys that, um, instead of foregoing their senior year, they foregoated – yeah, that's the technology. Yeah. To get te- they foregoed their uh entrance into the NFL draft. So they're coming back to Alabama. One of them, though, I do want to say this before you go on your rant. I need you to explain Justin Aboigby, because this is a guy had a neck issue, um, didn't play for uh, the better part of this year, and definitely we could have used him. Um, it looks like he's gonna come back. He had a, a tweet that Certainly could have had more explanation to it, but it was basically, I'm back. And um, I don't, you know, people don't know if that meaning he went to the grocery store and came back or if he's, he's you know, whatever. But it, I take it to mean I'm able to play again because there was at least rumors that Justin Boyd B might have to give up football. And um, so it sounds like he will be back. That is wonderful news. And I know he was included as a part of this article you wrote. So, Jimmy, the floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, uh,
1: and I think you summed up the uh, Boigby uh, situation well. No, really, I, I just wrote this piece uh, on the Bama Insider message board on the Talk of Champions about how, you know, uh, the NFL deadline, you know, for early entry pass this week. It was on Monday at midnight, and so that's why I came up with the idea on Tuesday to, okay, now all that damage is done. Who left and who stayed? And, you know, obviously Bryce left and Will left and Brian Branch left and Jameer Gibbs left and Eli Ricks left. So he had five literal junior, juniors, virtually everyone could have come back because of that COVID year. But that aside, these were, were real juniors, and, and they've come back. I mean, they've, they've all left. But I was thinking, okay, who stayed? And really, there was only one guy that stayed that was a shock, that was great news, that literally eschewed going to the NFL. One, but there's really three more that had to strongly consider it and came back. And I think seniors that come back are huge. Your chances of winning a championship greatly increase when you have seniors who have turned down NFL opportunities in order to return to their college team. And uh, here, here's four guys that did, and one is Will Reichard. Uh, you know, Will was was headed to the NFL. He told the staff here, hey, uh, you know, this is going to be my last year after, after I – graduate. I know after my senior year, I'm going to get married. I'm going to give the NFL a shot. That's why they went out and signed Connor Talty. For those who don't believe my inside scoop, I mean, that, that's why they went out and signed Connor Talty. They were looking for a kicker. Remember, they tried to sign uh, the kid from from Louisiana, from Lafayette that, that chose Georgia, um, and and then they offered Connor Talty. Uh, and then uh, Will Reichert accepted a senior bowl invite, and he participated in senior day. I mean, he was leaving. He was leaving, but... After senior day, after he'd accepted the senior bowl invite, he uh, rethought things and decided to return. And and who knows what the actual thing was that tipped the scales, and it doesn't matter anymore. All that matters for Alabama is that Will Rikert's returning, and wow, what a weapon. Now, Now kicker has gone from, oh, my gosh, we have a freshman who's never kicked in a college football game to we have the best kicker in the history of the program exaggerate how big this is to go from unknown freshman to best to ever do it at Alabama. So that's just huge, a huge win for Alabama as Riker coming back. Second is Aboigbe. Uh, Luke did a good job going over that situation. Look, we don't know anything for certain. We don't know. We don't have the doctor's report. We don't have Nick Saban saying, hey, here's the situation. But just piecing together things, uh, it appears, Justin Aboigbe will be playing football. Uh, at Alabama, it appears that way to us today. Uh, and, and and there's plenty of reason to be excited about that. He was playing outstanding at the time of his injury. Uh, he was probably Alabama's best defensive lineman in terms of how he had played in those first three or four games before uh, the neck injury. And uh, it's just huge that that now a fifth-year defensive lineman, it's his fifth year starting. This kid, this B was in the first-team rotation as a true freshman so be his fifth year as a first team player. Uh, that's just invaluable. And, and and really what I hope uh, is that Justin takes a real leadership role in that room, which is what Jermaine Burton needs to do, which is the third guy. Jermaine uh very seriously considered going uh, leaving for the draft. I think when Jermaine Burton transferred to Alabama, I think most of us believed uh, it was a one-and-done type deal that Burton would come here. His numbers would radically improve. He would be our, our number one receiver, and then he'd go on to become a first-round pick at, or second-round pick at worst. And uh, some of that didn't happen. I mean, you know, a lot of it was Bryce's injury. But uh, towards the very end of the season, Burton did prove to be our best receiver. I think him coming back is also really big. And just like a boy would be, I hope that Jermaine Burton takes this opportunity to not only come back and be a better player, but to come back and be a better leader and sort of, Hey, don't lead the room in catches and yards, lead the room. You know, I I think that that's the speech, right? That, that's what he needs to hear. Don't, don't just be the leader in the numbers, be the leader. He's played a ton. I mean, how many wide receivers in college football have run more routes and played more snaps than Jermaine Burton going into next year. So that's big. And the fourth one, Malachi, Hey, look, Malachi Moore, uh, wasn't spectacular this season he's pretty good he was Alabama's sixth DB in the dime package he did well uh last year was not good at all 2021 he was hurt he was playing hurt he didn't play well his freshman year he was spectacular he was he was the talk of the country and that's what I mean when I'm saying it's a little bit surprising that Malachi's back it's not surprising based on how a sophomore junior year went but if you'd have told an Alabama fan in 2020 that Malachi Moore would be at Alabama for his fourth season, his senior season, uh, that would have been a real surprise then. Uh, and and so, so it's a surprise to us now in, in some respects. And, border, I mean, here, here's another guy that needs to lead the secondary. Uh, it'll be real interesting to see if he uh, continues to play nickel corner, which he played quite a bit before Branch took that job. If he remains as just the dime guy the six db i think that's possible but also think what's possible is that he uh is a safety full-time and starts at safety that that puts malachi on the field on every single snap and that might be invaluable in terms of being a traffic cop uh because you're losing your traffic cop in jordan battle malachi w- w- would be really good in that role very experienced some people speak of him as a potential coach one day uh Again, knows the system, knows the scheme really well. He's tough. He's a good tackler. Uh, but these four guys who all could have chosen the NFL route, uh, Reichard, Aboigby, Burton, and Malachi, instead chose to return to Alabama, and I hope they also be leaders uh, because senior leadership is, uh, is how you accomplish big things.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take it a step further and say not only do I hope they choose to be leaders, but I'm talking about vocal leaders. Look, I think Bryce Young is a leader. I think Will Anderson is a leader. We needed a vocal get-in-your-face guy, and we've talked about that a gazillion times right here on this podcast. We needed somebody uh, that was a leader and an enforcer of what they were trying to lead you to do. So I hope one of those guys, you know, whether it be a Boyd or Malachi, I doubt it's going to be Will Reichert. although it could be. Because he did stand over a guy when he tackled him, I can't remember which game that was. And uh, I think it was Auburn. Oh, it was Auburn. You're right about that. It was Auburn. You're right. Yeah, to it would me, be I mean, a rare
1: so- kicker. It would be a rare kicker that would be a, the team leader. But this is a rare situation, right? I mean, Ryker's the all-time best kicker in Alabama history. He's been on the team five years. Uh, he knows everything up and up and down. In some ways, crazy as it sounds, sort of the face of the team.
0: The baby face of the team, because he does have a baby face. Jimmy, I need to tell everybody about Built Bar. These things are delicious. Go check out built.com to go get you a Built Bar. You can get churro. You can get uh, coconut almond. They're all covered in chocolate, and they've got all these flavors. You'll love them all. doesn't matter which one you go with. I love the churro one, but they've got uh, cookie dough, everything you want. Built.com. Now, I'm going to tell you something else. You can go get them at Walmart. You can get them at Sam's Club. And that's awesome. Uh, you can get them in bulk there. Of course, you can always get them at built.com. Go to built.com and you can get them ordered. That's fine. But if you are like got a hankering for one right now, go to Walmart or go to Lifetime Fitness. I go to Lifetime Fitness. No, it doesn't look like it, but I do. And when I go there, I get me a Built Bar when I'm done working out because I love them. And it's, it's sort of like a meal substitute. It doesn't have to be a substitute, but it can be like it can be complimentary with your meal. You just don't eat quite as much, which is great for people like me who eat a ton. Um, You can just head to Walmart, go get you some, head to Sam's club or get them at built.com. These things are delicious and they're nutritious and scrump delicious. Go check out built.com to get your delicious, nutritious built bars. All right. So let's finish up talking a little bit about basketball here. Um, Alabama's got Missouri on Saturday. Um, Here's, something that's uh you know did you watch any of the games last night by the way uh i've seen the
1: highlight packages uh i watched the first half of auburn lsu live uh but uh i've seen the highlight packages and and i did including uh missouri arkansas
0: yeah missouri arkansas was good it came down to the wire i mean look arkansas fans are having a fit they think that they're getting hosed by the refs up and down Um, But I think they have committed a lot of fouls. I mean, they're they're just sort of a fouling team right now. And it stands to reason because they're missing probably their two best players. And so when you're missing your two best players, uh, the other guys are probably going to press more than they should mentally. And therefore, that's probably going to lead to uh, more fouls, et cetera. But Missouri got a big win. I don't know if that's good or bad coming into this game. I mean, if it, if they had lost, you'd maybe have a sense of desperation, but now that they've won, maybe the crowd's going to be a little more into it. It's a five o'clock tip on Saturday. Uh, we won't do a podcast before that game. We'll do one after, but uh, so that's why I wanted to see, get your thoughts on who you think wins that game. And also here's this, Jimmy, if we can skirt by Missouri and I'm, I'm saying, I'd, look, I'm, Maybe, I'm just, maybe it's just me being an Alabama fan my whole life in basketball and knowing when things get going well, I always look for the grand piano to follow my head. But um, the Missouri game scares the heck out of me. Now, we got Missouri, but if we can get by that game, then you got Mississippi State at home. Okay, then you go to Oklahoma next week. That's, I'm not as worried about that one. Yeah, of course I want to beat Oklahoma, but it's not a conference game. Then you got Vandy at home, a team you just beat on the road and a team that, frankly, is not very good. Then you got LSU on the road, a team that Auburn just buried in Baton Rouge and the fans look like they've checked out and so do the players. Then you've got Florida at home. Again, Florida was on a three-game winning streak until last night, but they haven't shown me a ton. Colin Castleton is really good, but they're going to need more Colin Castletons uh, than one to come in here and beat us. Then we go to Auburn, then we go to Tennessee. Wouldn't shock me if we went 0-2 in those games – but then we finish up with Georgia at home, at South Carolina, one of the worst SEC teams we've seen in some time, Arkansas at home, Auburn at home, and at a Jimmy, m Jimmy, am I crazy to feel like if we can get by this Missouri game, I feel like we can get out of this, this conference with two conference losses. Um, I don't want to look too far ahead. I want to enjoy the moment. But that's just the way I'm looking at this.
1: Yeah, if I said, uh, okay, uh, Luke, uh, you've got to bet – the over or under a lot of money, so you're you're betting ten thousand bucks, and I say the SEC record is fourteen and four. Uh, you're gonna bet the over or under? Uh, I'm gonna bet the I'm gonna bet the over on fourteen and four. Well, if it's at
0: fifteen and three, uh, can I bet on a push? <laughs> exactly. Actually, I'll buy the hook and take the over.
1: Yeah. I- <laughs> Exactly. I mean, and, and that, that gets to your point. I mean, the schedule does set up pretty nicely, but doesn't the schedule always set up nicely when you have a lot of confidence in the team? That's why Alabama's playing so well, and you got Brandon Miller and you got Noah Clowney. And, and I, I just feel that regardless of what happened in the Missouri Arkansas game last night, I was going to feel good about it, period, just because you have that team. And regardless of the schedule setting up nicely, or whether you think it's 16 and 2, 15 and 3, or 14 and 4. Uh, I just like Alabama's chances to beat Missouri, uh, even though it's on the road. And uh, for those games at Auburn and at uh, Tennessee are, are super daunting. But you you, you got to figure that even sixteen and two uh, wins the SEC.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, and again, I watched. I mean, Tennessee has not been playing great of late. I mean, they don't look unbeatable. But and Kentucky did just go into Knoxville and beat them. So, certainly, that is a place where they can be had. Uh, Auburn's won about 28, 29 games in a row at Neville Arena, so it's very tough. But they're not a super shooting team. I mean, they're just not. Janai Broome is is pretty tough to deal with on the inside. And uh, they've got a team with a lot of heart. There's no doubt about that. Talent-wise, I th- certainly think we we have more than they do. But it's it's tough to win there. So, those are the two that just worry the heck out of me. Missouri, if I had to say – uh, if you had to rank where do you think you could lose the rest of the way out, I would say Tennessee one, Auburn two. And then it's a tie for me at Missouri at Texas AM. At Texas AM being the last game, um, I feel like I don't even need to include it in this because the, the race for the SEC could be over by that last game. So it might not mean a ton. So uh, that's why I don't want to even include it, but I will. Um, Missouri, at, at, Texas AM is better than we thought. I still don't think they're super good. I just think they're better than they thought. And we got to respect the fact they're undefeated in this conference. Um, but Missouri, they did, while they beat Arkansas at home recently, they, beat, they buried Kentucky at home weeks ago. They also were hammered at home by Kansas. So, I mean, it's not like this is, uh, hey, you can't go, you just don't step in Como and win. I mean, I, we can do it. Um, I think we'll be favored to do it it's just one of those games that worries me SEC on the road kind of thing. I wish, I frankly, I wish we were playing South Carolina on the road this weekend. Yeah. Well, it,
1: it's, it's, you know, Missouri is a challenge and, uh, they got the kid that's from Alabama. It Kobe Brown, Kobe Brown. Uh, yeah, he's from Alabama. Extremely well against us. <laughs> of course. Uh, uh, he has a lot of motivation to, to do some good team. Uh, that new coach to me, uh, it, it seems to be a real splashy effective hire so far. Uh, Tough challenge, but, again, uh, it doesn't look as tough when you've got Jaden Bradley and Mark Sears and and Brandon Miller and Noah Clowney and Charles Mediaco. feel pretty well, good about it.
0: You know, one other thing to note, even um, if Alabama, let's say, has a lead, I think Arkansas had a 10-point lead with about six minutes to go last night, and Missouri is still able to come back and win. So it's one of those games where we're we we'll to have to fight to the end. We didn't necessarily – we had some lapses against Vanderbilt. Understandable. We've got a lot on our minds. We're a young team. A lot of stuff has recently happened, too, that, that could affect them. Understandable. I'm just saying we're going to have to learn to close out folks like that, especially on the road if you get – you know, you, you can do that against Vanderbilt maybe. I don't know that you can have that kind of lapse against Missouri and still pull it out. But we will talk about that game uh, afterwards. So, Jimmy, until then, roll tide, buddy. Roll tide.